0: New episodes are added every weekday in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash slash app. Vision. Vision.
1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision
2: we're going to talk through the idea of caring for workers who may have been or may soon be made redundant. Workers who lose their jobs, as one sign which I guess is a breath of fresh air for many, are likely to be given a wage subsidy to cover part of their income. Now, there is a new federal plan, and as I understand it, likely to be announced today, in other words, not absolutely confirmed, uh, it will protect workers who are suffering from the layoffs and the shutdowns that have been triggered by the coronavirus. Now, it's expected that the federal government is planning to pay workers a proportion of their wages ...to help them through the crisis. It won't go through the welfare system as you would ordinarily think. The proposal is to get employers to transfer the money to their staff... ...as an alternative to lengthening the dole queues. So there's an expectation that the new measures could be announced today... By now, in your workplace, there's likely to be a significant level of hardship that either you or your work colleagues may be going through. Of course, the projections are alarming in the worst-case scenarios. So how does the gospel help us respond to this prospect? And how should we be ready to care for those who have been or maybe will be made redundant? Well, Andrew Laird works with the City Bible Forum in Melbourne and is the National Manager of Life at Work. It's an initiative aimed at connecting Christian faith with our daily work. He's also the author of the book called Under Pressure, How the Gospel Helps Us Handle the Pressures of Daily Work. So a special welcome along to 2020 to you, Andrew Laird.
1: Thanks, Neil. Wonderful to be with you.
2: Andrew, as we get things underway, what's your overall impressions when you hear of the, the likelihood and what's already eventuated, so many job losses in big industry, uh, big companies around Australia? What are your feelings?
1: Yes, it's been, it's been quite a week, hasn't it, Neil? As you, as you described there in your introduction, I think it was, it was perhaps even less than a week ago now, or maybe a week ago, that, that Qantas announced that it was um, standing down Two thirds, twenty thousand of its staff until at least the end of May, and really that was just the beginning. And, and since then, we've had we've had daily, and time, oftentimes multiple times a day, uh, large companies, well-known companies that are, uh, are laying off staff, um, putting staff aside, or temporarily uh, having them step down, and and it just continues to keep coming, and it's it's inevitable that if if we don't already know someone who is affected that sooner or later we we will know someone or or, or some of your the, your listeners this morning may already themselves have been uh, amongst those already impacted because the numbers are the numbers are, are large and even those who aren't necessarily being stood down uh yet are already feeling the impact of this to their business i know my my local uh cafe uh, just across the road, I ducked over to see the, the manager last week, uh, actually just on the weekend, to see how he was travelling. And, uh, and he said trade for him was down to about 30% of what it ordinarily is. And as I said to him, you know, that's unsustainable for, for too much longer, is it? And, uh, and he nodded. Um, and, so, and so this coronavirus, of course, massive impact on our, on our health, but also the tremendous impact that it's having on many people's work as well, too.
2: Andrew I'm asking a question for those listeners who have access to their Facebook today and uh, seeking their response and we'll take some talkback calls shortly but there's a response that people can offer and perhaps join in a conversation online on our Facebook post today it asks the question do you think the Bible speaks deeply into the lives of those who've been fired from their job? and there's a secondary question there it says is there also wisdom for those who haven't been sacked in other words you've got a job but maybe a colleague or maybe your work mates or your friends are out of work and there's all of a sudden there's uh, there's a big contrast in what might happen some are still at work some are not uh, when we talk about how the bible speaks into our lives uh, this is something that is of special interest to you and i wonder whether you've got some overall General ideas about how God speaks into the circumstances when you're perhaps going to be losing your job.
1: yeah, look absolutely and uh, and and the bible has has much to say about seasons of of, of difficulty, uh, including including job loss. Um, I think perhaps the starting point for me is is recognising that if we feel a sense of grief and loss and even pain, around job loss, that that is entirely appropriate and entirely right. And the the reason for that is because part of what it means to be human is to to be a worker. Uh, The first thing you discover about God on page one of the Bible is that God makes things. God's a worker, and uh, we're made in His image as workers. And so part of what it means to be human is to express ourselves through our work. And so it, that's the reason why unemployment can feel so incredibly painful, because, because there's an aspect of our humanity that we're not being able to, to express. The, uh, the late English uh, preacher John Stott uh, described unemployment like this, an assault on our humanity, which I think is a, is a wonderful expression for capturing uh, why unemployment is so painful and why it hurts so much. It, it attacks part of what it means to be human. Now, an important qualification there, that doesn't mean that if, we, if we're not working or unable to work that we're somehow subhuman. Rather, it means that we're not being able to express an aspect of, of, of what it means to, to be human. And so I think the starting point for ourselves if we've lost work is to, is to be okay with feeling that sense of pain and grief and loss with it. It is okay if you feel like that. But if on the flip side, you're, you're wanting to care for someone and love someone who's, who's lost their work, then, then recognize that that is likely how they're going to be feeling. And don't brush that aside or dismiss that in any way, but, but acknowledge that with them. Because I think that's a, a key starting point for as we seek to care for people who might have who lost a job.
2: Andrew, uh, it's very easy to uh, just tiptoe around the edges of a topic like this today. Mm -hmm. And uh, for a lot of people, uh, it'll go much deeper. I mean, we can talk about it's a painful thing to lose your job. Many of us might have been sacked from a job before. We know how painful that is. Uh, We're also very aware today that the government's announced uh, more than a billion dollars towards mental health and uh, read between the lines there and when you talk about grief and loss and pain uh, the government's very acutely aware of that too and the idea that there might be more money and that significant amount of money for mental health issues ultimately uh, goes towards issues around domestic violence uh, for people who are having a money crisis and some people don't handle that so well and then Ultimately, of course, there's the challenge of an increased number of suicides uh, that may be contemplated because of the grief and the loss and the pain. So if we're getting into things here, let's uh, let's go into the deep waters and not just around the shallow mm-hmm. end. Uh, these, are the, these are ultimately the, the challenges ahead of us, aren't they?
1: Oh, absolutely right, yes. And, uh, and speaking with a, a good friend of mine, uh, over the weekend, uh, and this was something that she felt a particular concern about. She works with a, with a lot of, uh, young men in the construction industry and, uh, and she was particularly concerned that should work dry up to them, uh, that, uh, that it puts them in a perilous, uh, situation in terms of their mental health and as you say, uh, suicide. And so, um, I think now more than ever, uh, Christians, we really need to be on the front foot of, of asking people, how are you going? We have, uh, we have the annual Are You Okay Day. Uh, I'm, I reckon we need to be asking, doing that every day at the moment. We need to be quick to be asking people, are you okay? Because there's a fair chance uh, that if people have lost work, they're not. And, uh, and, uh, and when, when we ask them, are you okay? I think a, a very quick thing we can do to, um, to follow that up with is then offer to pray for them. I sum it up as, ask, are you okay, and then offer to pray. And uh, I have found, uh, just in the last week or two, people who might have previously been resistant to Christian faith or to an offer like that have become remarkably open to it. I mentioned the, the cafe manager across the road from me, and uh, after speaking to him and asking him, are you okay, how are you going, and, and him expre- expressing a number of uh, different emotions, including disappointment, uh, anger as well, too, is one of the things that he said. Uh, after, after listening to him for a bit, I said to him, look, this might not mean much to you. Uh, I've shared with him before that I'm a Christian, and he hasn't necessarily responded very, very positively to that. So I said, look, this might not mean much to you, but I just wanted to let you know I'm praying for you and your staff. And he said, you know what? That actually does mean a lot to me at the moment. So... So we need to be asking those questions of one another: Are you okay? And, and then just gently make that offer, offer to pray for them.
2: Interestingly, that question: Are you okay? And we think of that as that particular day in the year when uh, we're all, care, you know, called to uh, to keep an eye on our workmates and our family, and we ask that question. But uh, there's something here that connects that little question. Uh, with who we are as Christian believers because there is a certain sense here in which uh, while churches are not gathering together, uh, I've heard of one sentiment that says, well, uh, at this particular time, when the pastor can't necessarily visit everybody personally, every church Mm. member is on the pastoral care team. And that question is a good little uh, opportunity to open a conversation that takes you into the deeper feelings of people. What are your thoughts around the fact that we're all responsible here for a level of pastoral care?
1: Yeah, no, I love that idea. I mean, I think I think that's probably true uh, all the time, regardless of a crisis like this. But a crisis like this, I guess, makes us more keenly aware of uh, of the obligation there and the opportunity there to be asking that question. So, yes. Absolutely, we need to be we need to be each be reaching out to our neighbours and and uh, colleagues and friends. Obviously, not physically in physical contact anymore, but but we can get on the phone and uh, all sorts of other ways of getting in touch and and be asking them that question and being quick to being quick to ask it. And you're right, it does get into those deeper waters very quickly if you if you ask it genuinely, and you stop and you listen and you give the person space to to answer. Um, It does, as I I mentioned with my cafe manager just a moment ago, I I was surprised how quickly uh, he, he moved to be so honest with me about how he was feeling. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Our special guest
2: this hour is Andrew Laird. He works with City Bible Forum in Melbourne and is the National Manager of Life at Work. We're talking through issues today if you've been sacked or someone close to you has been sacked or lost hours and the way they may be feeling at this time and how it is that we might respond as Christian believers, recognising that the gospel has some uh, really deep uh, appreciation of what it is to know the heart of God into a situation like this. We'll talk some more about that as we go. Uh, Andrew led our guest. Uh, Andrew, let's take a call or two. First of all, let's hear from Bill in Victoria. Hi, Bill. Welcome along to 2020.
3: Oh, oh hello. Thank you very much. Really appreciate your program. I just um, just in terms of the, the work ethic, um, what what we're finding is uh, a lot of people who are unemployed there, look, I think there's a, a, a scripture where it says, if you don't work, you shouldn't really eat. That type of stuff's been pulled out. But well, we're not seeing a lot about, um, employers who are exploiting workers. Like in, in James 5.3, we're told that, uh, employers are holding back wages, that they're not paying high enough in terms of minimal wages. They're constantly pushing the wages down and exploiting their workers. And I was just wondering, um, you know, look, like, look, like, what, what your views is. I mean, a lot, a lot of the work has been casualized. So there's a lot of exploitation going on by, people who are powerful and making a lot of money out of this. I'm just wondering whether um, you know, whether, whether people who are trying to get work and who aren't employed, whether we're too quick to blame them and cut them off benefits because we're saying we're bludgers, whereas, in fact, a lot of them are being exploited. And wow. the Bible has a lot to say about issues to do with justice and also exploitation.
1: Bill, good
2: thoughts there. Let's get a response from Andrew.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, and it's, it's a concern that... Um, that human nature in 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 situations like this while there's a tremendous amount of, of goodwill and good being done that uh, it's inevitable that some might seek to take advantage of it uh at the expense of others and uh and i think we need to be a- alert to that and calling that out where we can um i i have a of a, a hunch that uh that uh, that our governments and the way they've been performing so far uh, 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 are going to be you with hope pretty quickly onto onto things like this where where that is where that is seen to be the case but uh I mean you mentioned the verse there at the beginning about if you, if you don 't work you sh- you, sh- you should meet um, it 's worth just uh, i guess acknowledging that in, in in a wider in a wider context that uh in many cases here um, people would love to be working who are out of work. Uh, and, and, and that verse is very much talking towards the person who is who is lazy and, uh, and, and not seeking to seeking to care for themselves or care for others and that is not the case for many people in this situation, but it does bring up an important point that if there, that if there are people around us with particular um, financial needs in addition to the to the government support which uh, which is coming through, um, we should also as christian people be, be quick to be um, to be caring for them and seeking to help meet their financial their financial needs as well too. Um, we we have we live in a, a wonderful country where we have um, good benefits for workers and we have um, governments who are working hard to try and provide for those who are who are out of work. But that doesn't um, that doesn't mean we as Christian people don't have a responsibility also to to step up and to and to reach out and to provide those those practical, um, physical and material needs as well too.
2: Bill, thank you so much for your call. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 To join in our conversation, let's take another call. Jason in Victoria. Hi, Jason, welcome.
1: day, Neil. And your guests, I'd like to say that we,
3: as Christians, do need to um, check if everyone is out, and people, friends and family and work colleagues, everyone is OK all the year round, offer prayer support as well.
2: Uh, that's right, checking on people to say, are you okay, but offering prayer support as well, because there's that differentiation there in your concern as a Christian believer. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts for Jason?
1: Yes, no, absolutely. As we were just saying before, before the break, uh, the, the, uh, the importance of us now more than ever to reach out to people and ask them, are you okay? And so, and so one of the things I'm just trying to do is, uh, is, is call at least one person a day and um, and just check in with them, how they're going. Uh, I don't know if they, they may be, be travelling well, and they may have plenty of work still coming in, maybe healthy and well, and, but, but, but I'm just trying to make it a priority to, to get on the phone at least uh, once or twice a day and just call someone and, and, and ask them that question. And, uh, I mean, last week in, in, in a few of the people that I spoke with, um, they, they weren't doing well. Um, one who was still employed but had real concerns about whether whether her job would be lasting too much longer, and so yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, let's let's get out there and, and be asking that question and uh, and offering to pray for them and uh, and other other ways that we can support them too. Jason
2: from Victoria, thank you so much for your call one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join in our conversation today. Uh, even developing some of those issues that have been introduced uh, by Bill in Victoria around workers and uh, perhaps even the situation where people may have been or could be open to exploitation in the workplace which would only compound the sort of pain that we've been talking about of what happens when you lose your job. Uh, Let me come though, Andrew, back to something that's uh, grows a little bit deeper from where Jason is talking there, the importance of praying mm. for someone, because when we spoke a few moments ago about saying to a friend, are you okay, that's one question to ask. But when we actually say, can I pray for you, we introduce a whole different dimension into the way of our concern. Uh, what are your thoughts for the power of, of actually saying to someone, can I pray for you, in uh, your situation?
1: Yeah, look, you're, you're right. It does, it, it brings that spiritual dimension into the conversation, doesn't it? And, uh, and, and I, I think we, we, we would be uh, foolish almost as Christians to, to, uh, to not be keenly aware of the, of the wonderful opportunities that we have in this season to, to be speaking into people's life and, and provide them with the, the hope, uh, that we have. There's a, uh, Tim, Tim Winton, the Australian author, uh, writes in his memoir, he, t- he uses this wonderful expression called social camouflage, where he says that in ordinary everyday life, we're all wearing masks. We have this social camouflage on and we, we pretend everything's going okay. And I think that this crisis has done something quite significant to us as a nation and, and globally as well too, in that it's, it's taken off that social camouflage that we normally wear. And people are being a little bit quicker than they ordinarily would to say hey i'm not doing okay and so yes we want to be quick to care for people's physical needs their material needs concern for for their health and all of those things too but but as christians we have that added concern of their spiritual well-being and so uh, reaching out to people in this time and and, and perhaps being just that little bit bolder than we might ordinarily be because the, the social camouflage has come off and people are letting their guard down a little bit more and, and people are being a little more honest than they might usually be about their anxieties and their fears. And so this, I think, provides us with a tremendous season and an opportunity to to speak into that and to speak of the hope of the gospel that we have.
2: You know, as you're sharing those things, I'm thinking of an image uh, which just came to mind. Uh, The image of, you know, the down and out person sitting on the gutter beside the road and uh, sitting beside the down and out person. Is And I'm thinking of this as uh, as someone who's wearing a Salvation Army uniform. It's like uh, maybe mm-hmm. an image that's stuck in my mind for, uh, you know, hem- how many years, who knows. But this idea of, uh, you know, when someone is in the gutter, uh, the Christian response isn't uh, to call out from our ivory tower, but the Christian response oftentimes is to go and sit beside the person who is down and out let's talk through some of the practical things you might do to care for people what do what what are your thoughts here
1: Andrew yeah no you're right that uh, that we we come along for, alongside people um, because we're and and look many Christians even in spite of the the hope that we have, and the assurance that we have, and the confidence that God is with us through this all, uh, and that He is sovereignly in control of all things, um, we can still feel nervous about it, and and still feel uh, concerned and some degrees of anxiety for ourselves and for our for our loved ones too. And so, getting getting in the gutter, if you, if you like, to use that imagery of yours, will will mean coming alongside people and saying to them honestly, you know what. I feel a bit nervous about this too. This this has been um, this has been this has rattled me as well to a degree, even as a Christian person. But here is what I here is what I am clinging to and hoping in. The one that I am clinging to and hoping in uh, in in this season, and, and coming alongside people and, and being honest like them with that uh, with our own concerns uh, uh, provides us with a space, I think, to then speak also. Of, of the hope of the gospel and uh, and and holding that out to people as well but you're right there's that i mean in, in addition to all of the the speaking that we might be doing there are lots of other uh, practical ways that we can be caring for people as well too particularly in that area of uh, of job loss and we could we can unpack some of those now if you like
2: yeah we've got about a minute and a half up to the news so yeah let's talk through some of those what one is well, at the top of just- your list
1: let me just let me just briefly mention one. I mentioned earlier in this conversation we're wired to work. It's part of what it means to be human, is to is to is to work. And to so actually, um, one of the things we can encourage people who are out of paid work to do is to keep themselves busy and keep themselves occupied. I found in a season where I was uh, uh, briefly unemployed, you, you can become pretty disillusioned and discouraged quickly. And uh, what would have encouraged me and helped me in that season would be someone coming alongside me saying, hey, keep, keep busy, even if you're not being paid for it at the moment, keeping busy is a wonderful way of, uh, of, um, of, of caring for yourself and caring for your mental health as well, too.
2: So you might be tempted to uh, binge-watch TV. Is that the same as keeping busy? (laughs) Just give us a little insight (laughs) here because I know that a lot of people who are stuck at home and uh, they don't have a job and uh, they're thinking, well, I've got Netflix or I've got whatever. Uh, You know, just a quick response to this because we're about to go to news.
1: Yeah, no, no, uh, more than that. Uh, Look, keep active around the home. Have a a routine for the day as well if you can. Something so that you're not just... Sitting, sitting in bed or sitting on the lounge all day long—that's uh, not going to help your your mental health. Longer run, in the long run.
2: Now, there's some callers on the line. We'll take those calls in just a few moments. But Andrew, as we get this part of our conversation underway, let me just reflect with you for a moment on the scripture in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven. Let me just read this version. that says, "Don't worry about anything." Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7. One of the most powerful scriptures, if you're going through the sort of pain and crisis that we're talking about today, Andrew, what are your thoughts for reflecting on that particular scripture?
1: Oh, they're wonderful verses, aren't they, Neil? And 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 filled with filled with hope, and also, uh, in addition to that, some some really practical things that we can do. Um, uh, prayer is practical, and it encourages us to pray. I I, I think about. Uh, times when I'm anxious uh, uh, about a variety of different things, how long it might take me to actually turn to God in prayer. I'll, I'll worry about it, I'll think about it over and over and try and re- sort it out and solve it myself. And then all of a sudden I realize, hang on, I should be bringing this to God in prayer. And so and so the first and foremost is the thing to do is to pray. But But notice what it says in that verse about how we pray, with thanksgiving. And I have found that to be wonderfully helpful as well, too. There might be all sorts of things going on around us um, which are terrible and hard and difficult. And In the context we're talking about, we're talking about job loss. But but we're called in those situations to pray with thanksgiving. And so a very, a very simple but practical thing that I try and do is, well, what can I give thanks to for God today, even though... There are all sorts of things that are troubling me and worrying me. And it might be as simple as thank you for a new day, Lord. Thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the rain. But just taking that time to stop and notice all that we do have and all that we can give thanks for. I have found that wonderfully uh, helpful as well for my, for my mind and my spirit and my soul. Uh, but it's interesting as well that the, those verses, they, they also give some other practical um, tips in 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 the verses that follow, where where we're encouraged to dwell on whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. I have also found another practical thing to do when I'm anxious, when I'm worried, when I'm coming to God with prayers of thanksgiving, is to it's to stop and just think about well, what is true? What do I know about God that's true? Uh, he's sovereign. I I not feel that that now. He loves me. Uh, that 's true, even if i 'm not necessarily feeling that right now, and, and so taking that time as well to reflect on the things that we know are true, things that are noble, things that are right, things that are pure, things that are lovely, those things that we know from scripture, and those things as well can have a wonderful impact on our, on our mental state and, and and as you say, there is that hope in this. As we practice these things, of that peace of God which transcends all understanding, just a a wonderful thing, uh, which which so many of us need.
2: Okay, let's continue to take some calls. Let's first of all hear from Mel in Brisbane. Hi, Mel. Welcome along. Thanks for waiting patiently.
0: Uh, good morning. The scripture verse that comes to mind with this conversation is Proverbs chapter sixteen, verse twenty-seven, the King James version. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Idle lips are his mouthpiece. As someone who's helped the long-term unemployed, some of the things that I've found that have worked is that our unemployed brothers and sisters need routine and they need to be doing something that helps others. This really builds up their self-esteem. There are many activities in our community that need um, people who are fit, We've got the time to attend to these things. For example, a number of our public cemeteries are overgrown and need to be mended. A number of our school gardens, church gardens and buildings need repair and mending. These three activities could be done with social distancing for those who are fit, who've got the time and would be making a great contribution to our community. This virus um, is only temporary. We will all get through this. But this is a time for us to be prayerful. We need wisdom. Um, we need to be uh, thankful for the things that we do have um, in our community. Um, and we also need to be very practical at this time.
2: Mel, what great insight and wisdom. Thank you so much uh, for those uh, issues that you've raised there. Let's get a comment from Andrew. Andrew, what are your thoughts for Mel?
1: Oh, I agree 100%. We were, we were touching on that just very briefly uh, before the news, but, but it's, a, it's a good opportunity for us just to expand on that a little bit further. But uh, but I, I agree 100%. We, we, we mentioned at the, at the start of this conversation, I used that expression of um, being wired to work, that part of what it means to be human is we're made in the image of a God who works. And so a, a key aspect of our humanity and the way we express our humanity is by by working, and we've been talking a lot about unemployment, which is, which is um, when we don't have work which we're paid to do. But, of course, the Bible view of work is so much bigger than how our culture often speaks about work, which is usually just in terms of activity that we get paid to do. But, but, but as you call it just there, are uh, uh, mentioned and reminded us of there are so many activities that we can be doing, uh, in this season, even though we might not be getting paid for them. And, and so one of the ways I think that we can care for ourselves if we're out of uh, employment or seek to be loving those who are unemployed is encouraging them to, to get busy and to, and to keep on working. Uh, in this season and uh, and you call there mentioned a number of a number of practical examples and i 'm sure we can we can think of plenty of other ways that we can we can keep busy but uh, I mentioned just before the top of uh, top of the hour in a, in a brief season of unemployment that I had uh, one of the, one of the most helpful things that uh, someone could have done for me is come along and say hey don 't spend all day just sitting on the lounge." Uh, get up, do something with your hands uh, and, and keep, keep busy. Um, and, and I think that will go a long way um, towards um, uh, alleviating some of the discouragement and, and depression that can, uh, that can often come uh, in these seasons of unemployment.
2: Mel from Brisbane, thank you so much for your call Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316 Let's take another call Adam from Warhope in New South Wales Hi Adam, welcome
4: Uh, oh, good morning uh, Andrew and Mel uh, It's uh, good to talk to you on this beautiful day Yes um, I did make a comment there on the Facebook thing about Isaiah 55 was the first uh, Bible reading that came to mind I came across it only a few days ago in my normal daily reading um, it's saying, "All to come that are, are hungry, and even if you have no money, come and and I'll provide." Basically, and um, that that's a great encouragement from our um, from our God. And uh, in contrast to what we've been talking about this morning, with you know, don't sit idle. Um, but in times like this, we really need to just come to Him. Um, I've been ill since 2004 with a rare disease. A Chinese restaurant, funny enough, gave me wow. so. Um, yeah, you know, I was very successful in the world, guys, and my world came crashing down within one meal, and uh, and been a rare disease we can't feel ever since. So I feel, I feel the world's sort of come into my my world now. <laughs> well, uh, yes, uh,
2: welcome to your world as you've been uh, experiencing those sorts of things. But uh, Adam, this has worked for you when you say Isaiah fifty-five comes to mind. And the encouragement that comes when you know that God has an invitation to you to come to him uh, in your circumstances. And and as you say, you've been going through this a lot longer than someone who might have lost their job in this last week or two. But but what is it that, I wonder if you can reflect here, what is it that's happening in the heart when you expose yourself to this idea that you're responding to an invitation that God gives, that he will be the one who will look after you uh, internally and in the external circumstances?
4: Well, every single one of us on this earth, our whole life here is to practice surrender and to accept his provisions. And Sorry. Sorry. That is... uh, Yep. Sorry, mate. Yeah, that's what we've got to do, and, and that's how we're going to learn it. So everyone's going to be going to a period of six months ahead now, maybe, or maybe a bit longer, of really learning this. And the distractions of life take all of us away Uh, from what God really wants us to do. And uh, just as there's many Bible verses, like the sowing and reaping is an important one in these sort of times, we've got to think and write down, get get rid of Netflix, get rid of all that rubbish out of your life, get a Bible out, get a pen and paper, and write down the things that you can sow today to reap when all this is over. Mm. Because it will be over, and great things will come back again at church, and great things will come back in your bank account, uh, But we've got to sow now with our minds, keep them focused in his words, and it's very relevant. Nehemiah had to do it. He had to build the the Jerusalem walls while fighting off the battles.
2: Adam, Uh, great great wisdom. wisdom. Thank you so much for uh, making that contribution. Uh, A response here from from Andrew. Uh, Adam sharing some pretty deep stuff here.
1: Yeah, and look, to to Adam, uh, that's wonderful wisdom that he shared with us there and the encouragement from Isaiah 55 uh, a similar verse that I've had in mind these past few days and encouraging others in is, is those words of Jesus in Matthew 6, those well-known ones about not worrying about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you'll wear, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and these things will be given to you as well. And and, and there's that wonderful encouragement, that reminder there that you have a heavenly Father who knows your needs and he will provide. But But just to add to that, it may well be that... That we are the hands and the feet, uh, we are the means God uses to provide for our brothers and sisters who are who are unemployed and and out of work, and so uh, an encouragement again here to be to be practically uh, caring for for those who who are out of work and who are facing real financial financial hardship. I know for me personally, um, one of the, one of the temptations I've felt in these last few days is that of people losing work and the, the temptation is to think, well, what if I lose my job as well too? So, so maybe I, maybe I, I shouldn't be too quick to, uh, to, to help others because I, I might have, be out of work and I might, uh, I might need, uh, some reserves in, in my bank. For, for if and when that time comes for me and so the encouragement i've been uh, giving to myself and, and giving to to others as well too is to is to not stop uh, giving uh, in this season and not not uh, re, uh, not worry about those uh, those questions but trust that if that situation arises for you well God will provide for you in that situation as well too um, we need to we need to trust him and to be perhaps be his conduit of uh, providing for the material needs of others through this time. Thanks so much
2: to Adam in Warhope in New South Wales. Our talkback line open one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Also a response to our Facebook question. There is a poll that's running there. Do you think the Bible speaks deeply into the lives? of those who've been fired from their job. And uh, the response has been overwhelmingly, yes, the Bible does speak. And so I guess bringing out some of those things today to remind us of what God speaks into our lives when the crisis comes. There's a secondary part of the question, is there also wisdom for those who haven't been sacked? And uh, you've been talking about that, Andrew, because if you've got those extra resources now personally, the temptation is to say, I'm going to wait until the government responds. That's a very socialist way of thinking about uh, how people ought to respond. It's almost a godless way of just expecting the government will respond because when we talk about these things in a Christian sense, we take responsibility. And as we've surrendered to God, we say, Well, Lord, all I have is yours how would you have me use some of those resources? What are your thoughts for this idea of not relying on the government but actually taking responsibility yourself?
1: Yeah, pr- precisely. I mean, we, we are in a wonderful situation in, in one of the wealthiest countries of the world where we do have uh, governments who are seeking to provide and support people uh, materially uh, in, a, in a variety of different ways. But uh, that doesn't... Uh, that doesn't exclude Christians from the responsibility that we have, regardless all the time, is to, is to love others and to seek to care for the needs that we see around us. So we don't, we don't just sort of, uh, hand that job over to the government and sit back and, and, and leave it up to them. But if there is a need in front of us, um we we reach out and and we provide and and yeah as as you were just saying as i was saying a moment ago the the temptation in this season might be well how can i afford to support others if you know i'm fearful that i might run out or i might be made in unemployment and so this is a tremendous season for us to to practice uh those words i mentioned from matthew 6 of jesus don't worry about your life what you'll eat or drink what you'll wear seek his kingdom and his righteousness these things will be given to you i mean what a season we are in to 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 practice that and to uh, and to live in that that confidence that our heavenly father knows our needs he loves us he really does and so we need to we need to be giving uh, even if it hurts uh, to ensure that those around us aren't going without
2: And Andrew, we're at the beginning of a season and what might seem like hardship and pain now is likely for many, many Australians to get a whole lot worse. I wonder whether you've got some reflection on the way that discouragement really can get its talons into you and discouragement can set in so quickly. Uh, even we've noticed that discouragement can set in only after these uh, couple of weeks uh, where people have been losing their jobs en masse, but perhaps worse is still to come. What are your thoughts around the issues of discouragement?
1: Yeah, we're really only a couple of weeks into this, aren't we? And already there's been um, some quite dramatic changes in our, in our society, but but by all accounts, uh, there's, uh, there's still a long way to go. And so the encouragement I, I would give to those who, uh, who remain employed and are remaining fit and, and healthy is, um, is be in it for the long haul. Be alongside those who are, who are being made redundant uh, for the long haul. That, uh, that one phone call today is, is tremendous, uh, but they might need another one tomorrow and the next day. And the next day and the next day, for four weeks and, and four months, and, and so be in this for the, for, the, for the long haul, um, and, and there's lots of other ways that you can, you can practically help them as they, as they seek to uh, keep busy, which is something we've talked about, but also equally seek to seek to find more work. And You mentioned their neil discouragement, and, um, and when that discouragement uh, sets in, uh, it, can, it can leave us feeling very demotivated. And it can be hard to get out of bed and and look again uh, for another day for work when it's been day after day after day of uh, of, of setbacks and uh, and closed doors. And so this is why I say we need to be in there for the long haul alongside those who are who are perhaps looking for work and who are made redundant because uh, as that discouragement sets in, they're going to need us alongside us to to. Perhaps even be their hands and feet. I mentioned that phrase a moment ago, and 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 help them. Hey, look, here's something. Potentially, can I help you um, apply for this? Um, I suspect a lot of face-to-face job interviews aren't happening anymore. But but find out. Are you going to be having an interview about this? What time are you going to be having an interview? Um, let me give you a call straight after the interview's finished to see how it goes. It's it's a wonderful um, comfort and support to know that. Uh, that uh, after I do this job interview, I've got, a, I've got a friend who will be there, ready to be on the phone to have a chat with me and, uh, and uh, for someone to debrief with. And so all of these different practical things we can be doing for people um, as, they're, as they're seeking to, to look for work through what could uh, inevitably be a long season. And so equally, it needs to be a long season where we're prepared to uh, be there for the long haul alongside people who are, who are looking for work.
2: Some of us have people who are looking out for us, and whether it's within a family or you may be part of a men's group or a women's group, a part of your local church, and there is you know often seniors groups, uh, people are looking out for each other. But there's a lot of people in our broader community where individualism rules, where everybody's on their own and you're expecting everybody else to look after themselves just as you've got to look after yourself. Typically, this sort of individualism culture that we have, Andrew, means that I care less for my neighbor. But there is something here that comes to mind is that at a time like this, as a Christian believer, it is your time to shine. Uh, because we are the hands and feet of Jesus and uh, shining in this moment, maybe looking out for that person that we're going to come across who is on their own and doesn't have this encouragement. This is a powerful thing to be on the lookout for.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have some of the highest rates, I think, that we've ever had in our country in terms of people who who live on their own. And and so uh, while many of us have a, a wonderful church community, uh, who's there for us during this? Uh, many people might not have that, and, and so as you say, it's a great opportunity to to be a light and to to love people during this time. One great little practical thing I just saw someone do last week was they uh, was they wrote a little note and uh, and said, "Hi, um, my name's Gwen. uh I live on your street. Um, here's my mobile phone number. Uh, if you're alone and you need to reach out to someone." Um, feel free to get in touch with me, uh, and I'm going to set up a I'm going to set up a WhatsApp group uh, where we can where neighbours can talk to one another during during this time, and uh, and he uh, he said within about an hour he'd had 12 neighbours contact him to uh, to say yes we want to stay connected with one another during this time so so, so there's a wonderful little way you could do it is uh, is just do a walk up and down your street drop a drop a note in everyone's letterbox saying hey I'm here. This is my name. This is my number if you need someone to reach out to in this time. Well,
2: we won't be able to take any more calls. Thanks to everyone who has participated in our conversation. Thanks to everyone, too, who's responded online. And I'll encourage listeners to find that Facebook post uh, at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. There are others who've made their comments. You might like to interact with them. Uh, They may have some needs, too, that you have some answers for. Our special guest this past hour has been Andrew Laird. Andrew works with City Bible Forum in Melbourne. There are City Bible Forums in capital cities all over Australia, and my encouragement is to link in with City Bible Forum. They have a fabulous sound program and uh, really creative stuff that really deals with issues, especially around workers, because as City Bible Forum, oftentimes in CBDs, does a wonderful job, either before work or in lunchtime or after work, opportunities to connect uh, within those CBD uh, arrangements of how they actually conduct their ministry. Andrew, you lead the uh, organization within city bible forum called the life at work and uh, you've done a tour just this past 12 months uh, what just quickly before i let you go uh, your work with life at work how do people connect with you and is there some resources they can access through city bible forum uh, what's a what's a quick way for people to connect with you
1: yeah look absolutely if you head to the city bible forum website which is just citybibleforum.org uh, you can search for me, uh, and that'll find my email address. Be very happy to to connect with uh, with people that way. Uh, a, a number of the things that I've been uh, talking about as well, we've uh, we've been putting into articles and resources that you can find on the on the City Bible Forum uh, website. A particular one that we have for for people who are Christian, which is plus.citybibleforum.org. Uh, and also there's a Life at Work uh, website as well, which is lifeatwork.org.au. dot au. Um, through all of those you can find a bunch of resources and also ways if you'd like to get in touch with me personally too
2: great Lifeatwork.org.au andrew laird great getting your insights today thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts and sharing your heart with listeners on 2020
1: my pleasure neil thanks for having me